Good evening. Um, if you have your Bible, I'd like you to please open it to John chapter 13. Um, I was, it was really funny to me before the service, some people were talking about that were having the foot washing and they started comparing their feet to each other. And one of them, I won't say who, said they thought they had above average feet. So that's, that's great. I have to believe that this is how it was with the disciples probably too. So as awkward as it may be for us, it was awkward for them too. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about that more in a minute. So uh, as many of you know, will know, John does not have the institution of the Lord's Supper in the same way that the other Gospels do. He deals with that in another way. And so this particular night, Jesus, John provides a lens through which to view that, that meal and Jesus' death. So I want to draw out two points in this story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. The first is that serving others is dying yourself. To serve others is to die yourself. And to make this clear, the first thing I need to do is show you that Jesus' washing of his disciples' feet is very much about his death. It, it, he's not performing a random act of kindness, a random act of service. He is actually enacting his death very intentionally. There are several ways that we see this. One way we see it is when John introduces this moment by mentioning the Passover. Now, when John mentions a Jewish festival, he wants you to understand that Jesus is applying the meaning of that festival to himself. So in verse 1, John says that just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his time had come. And what follows is about Jesus' fulfillment of the Passover, his becoming the sacrificial lamb and the redeemer of the people of Israel. This is why Jesus will tell Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. His washing of his disciples' feet is his becoming the sacrificial lamb, cleansing them and providing them the way of redemption through the sea. Now another way we know this is about Jesus' death is from the end of verse 1. John says, having loved his own who were in the world, he now loved them to the very end. And to the end is the same word that Jesus will use on the cross just before he dies, expressing his fulfillment of his mission to save humanity. It is finished. But in washing his disciples' feet, Jesus is showing them in one more way what it means for him to love them to the end. By literally loving them to the bottom of their feet. To the most basic and mundane, ugly parts of humanity. The washing of feet is a lens through which we look to understand the cross and see it as love. Then, in verse 4, Jesus rises up from the meal, and John tells us in dramatic detail that he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. And then he begins to wash the disciples' feet. Now, if you will skip down to verse 12, 
we're told that when he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garments and he resumed his place. Now I realize that the words used may seem like small details to you, but these words are very weighty in their significance. The words that are used here to describe Jesus removing his garments and resuming his place at the table are the same words Jesus used when he described himself as the good shepherd. I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. Jesus' washing of the disciples' feet is a mini-drama of his entire ministry. He set aside his equality with God. He humbled himself by becoming a servant to the point of death. And then following his death, he is restored to power and life and given authority over all things. So the service that Jesus performs is not random. It is an enactment of his death on our behalf. Jesus is showing us that serving others means dying yourself. And he shows us this especially with Judas. We're told early on that the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas to betray him. What do you do when you're in a room with someone who's betrayed you? You're surrounded by people. You know there's one there who has betrayed you to a terrible extent. But they're going on acting as if everything is normal. And you are the only one who knows. You're utterly alone. Now John knows that the way Jesus reacts in this moment comes out of his divinity, his identity as the Son of God. This is the only place that it can come from. That what Jesus does in this moment is not natural to our humanity. So John reaches back to describe how it is that Jesus is able to do what he does. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Guess whose feet are included in that group of people? What does Jesus do with the one who has betrayed him? What does Jesus do with his enemies? He washes their feet. Jesus knows that with the Father, he has everything. And so Judas actually serves no real threat to him. No matter what he does, he cannot stop the Father's plan. This means that Jesus is free to move toward Judas in love. To love others, we see in Jesus, is to open yourself to the possibility and the likelihood of betrayal. If you choose to love others in this world, you are opening yourself to the likelihood that you will be hurt, betrayed. 
But secure in the Father, Jesus can take that risk. Now to serve others is to die. Jesus knows this and he shows us this. But this also works the other way around. To be served is also to die. See how this plays out. Peter, so proud of his humility, tells Jesus, you shall never wash my feet. And a lot of us can relate to this resistance, can't we? We want to be self-sufficient. To be self-sustaining is a virtue. And to be needy, well, that's a vice. That's what we're told anyway. We especially don't want people dealing with such personal, ugly, smelly parts of us as our feet. Jesus answers Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Now, another way of saying this is, if I cannot forgive your sins, you cannot have my presence. Peter, who has a knack for turning anything into a competition, then says, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus says, no, no, Peter. The one who has bathed does not need to wash except his feet, but he is completely clean. You see, in a physical way, Jesus is showing us what his death means for us. He's giving us this lens. By using the washing of feet, Jesus is showing us that his death is a cleansing for the dirtiest parts of us, the bottom parts of our being. But our feet also become dirty over and over again, don't they? They need continual cleaning. Your pastor is telling you your feet need regular washing. We don't usually talk about hygiene here, but... Baptism is a washing by God. It is a plunge into Christ's death and resurrection, His cleansing power. In it, God commits to us that our sins are forever forgiven, that we're always cleansed. But we still become dirty in the course of life. All of us have become dirty today. We still collect filth on us as we go about our lives together. So we still need to go back to Christ through confession of our sins and to allow Him to wash us continually. But we need to trust at all times that his once-for-all death for sin is enough to cleanse us. It's enough. We don't, do not need Jesus to die again or to do something more. Peter's request of Jesus that he would wash his whole body, ironically, it's still rooted in pride. It's telling Jesus how to save him rather than letting Jesus tell him he's done it. You don't need anything more. We struggle with the same problem when we suggest that Jesus' death isn't enough for us. When we refuse to accept that we're really loved and He really does make us clean based only on His sacrifice for us. You know, there are some traits that we 
view as humilities, like self-criticism and the refusal to receive love and esteem from others that are actually the deepest kind of arrogance. We do the Lord Jesus dishonor when we choose to believe our own internal opinions of ourselves rather than his opinions of us, that because of him, we are clean and we're loved. To be served by Jesus requires us to die to ourselves and all of that pride that refuses to accept what he would give us and what he would tell us about ourselves. To be served by Jesus is to allow him first and foremost to love us and to forever be our servant, Lord. Forgiveness of sins will always be the foundation of our relationship with him. Ongoing forgiveness of sins. And if we ever try to base our relationship with him on anything about us rather than him, we're going to get on shaky footing. So after performing this service to his disciples and enacting his death, Jesus does something surprising. He tells them to do the same thing for each other. If I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Jesus' death is unique and it once for all cleanses the sins of those who turn to him. But his death is also exemplary as the kind of service that we are supposed to then perform for each other and receive from each other. The master has become a slave to all of us, and then he's called us to become slaves to each other. (laughs) Don't they know it's Monday, Thursday? I'm just kidding. So like Jesus, our master... We are supposed to serve one another in such a way that we die to ourselves. You know, serving people in your household, whether it's husband or wife or children, parents or roommates, living together with people in love requires you to die to yourself. It just does. It requires you to deal with dirty parts of people. That's just the nature of life, the ugliest parts of people, and that requires you to die to yourself. If we ever expect to see the greatest heights of love as anything other than sacrifice, then we'll be fooling ourselves. Serving others in our work requires us to die to ourselves. There'll be people that we don't like, that we are called to love. And serving each other in the church certainly requires us to die to ourselves. We are to move toward our enemies just the way Jesus did with Judas, assured that all of our life life is secure with our Father. You know, so often, especially in the church, we wait for others to make the first move in service. When is someone going to serve me? But Jesus calls all of us equally to initiate this kind of service. 
He is the only master, and we all are equally servants. Called to serve one another. So we are to serve one another in such a way that we die to ourselves, but we're also to receive service from each other in such a way that we die to ourselves. Self-sufficiency is not a virtue in the kingdom of God. It is a vice. Neediness and dependence are closer to kingdom virtues than self-sufficiency. If we as the church are in some way the hands and feet of Christ, which I believe we are, what a brother or sister in Christ does for us is in some way Christ himself serving us. And if that is the case, follow me, when we refuse service from a brother or sister, we also refuse service from Christ. In serving one another, we serve Christ. And in receiving service from one another, we receive Christ. Do you see how Jesus has made this to work? We must let ourselves be served by one another. We must lay down our lives in serving each other. And we must lay down our pride in letting ourselves be served by one another. The self-giving love of Jesus is what unifies and makes the church. And it calls us into relationship with Him, into His cleansing love, and into His service to us. Jesus is always our servant before we were His servants. Remember He says, I came not to be served but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He is your servant before you are His he is perpetually your servant in forgiving your sins and in loving you. But in serving us, he then calls us to die to ourselves in serving one another and to die to ourselves and allowing others to serve us.